is the All Elite Wrap-Up. We are live. We're live, pal, right here Thursday night at, as we do every week, precisely 7.27 on the dot. Follow along at alleliterappup.com for uh, weekly updates on when we'll be going live and whatnot. Uh, subscription is free. It's free. It's free. So, Tom, we're going to talk a lot about some wrestling. How excited are you for this week? It was a really good one. You know, AEW went down to Tulsa, so it's good to see that they're doing a little bit of charity work, visiting, you know, the poor places of America. Um, so that was great. And the episode was fun. Uh, next week, program alert. Forgot to tell you this, so I'm going to tell it to you live because that's the benefit of a live episode. Uh, not going to be here next week. I leave Tuesday for New Orleans, so I am gone uh, Tuesday to next mo- to the following Monday. So this is uh, part of the Tom World tour, correct? Yeah. Well, we're going right. on our we're going on our anniversary, our first anniversary. We got married in 2020, but it's our first anniversary. There's a riddle for you for new listeners. Uh, Tom is talking about his wife and himself, not not us. Not Tim. I wish. Well, I mean, I you said no, so <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we'll see what happened. Then. I had to go with this, um, this nice yeah, person. Go with this one, then. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, yeah, it's our first anniversary, but we got married in 2020. So there's some fun for you. Figure yeah, that one do out. Do the math. Do the math. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, we're gonna go yeah. to New Orleans. I don't know if anniversary is the correct term in that regard, but we get the idea. I think. It is. It is the first anniversary of the day we Doesn't got married. Anniversary indicate yearly though. So is this like a quad anniversary or so? How does that work? Oh well, now you're just semantic. how does that I'm work? About- yeah, that's what yeah. I know. That's what I said. Yeah. I, I think I get what you're saying. Yeah, I was like, but, <laughs> yeah, whatever the fuck you're it's talking awesome. with your yeah, it's awesome. you know, it's, yeah, yeah, you and your so, yeah. smarts. <laughs> yeah, you and your smarts. But yeah, man, I'm feeling good. Just got done uh, having a good dinner. Had a burger with American cheese. American cheese, because I like my cheese to stand for the flag. Um, and enjoyed that. Had <laughs> <laughs> a fun joke. I heard that the other yeah. day. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, just hanging out, loving life. Uh, we got a we got some uh, fan interaction, which I think we're going to kick off the episode with. So excited to hear from our good friend uh ash so want to hear that because i don't listen to that i don't do any prep i just say what stream of conscience that's all Correct. this is i try to do as minimal prep as i can i do have to verify that like what they sent is not you know something we can't play live right here as we are each week reminder follow along at all elite that'll give you all the links you need to our threads to uh you know the podcast links all of that kind of stuff there right mm-hmm. now speaking of threads you can contact the show talk to us on threads uh use you know uh you know add us or something and, and just ask us a question or tell us a thought or something we'll discuss it right here on the show alternately you can send us an email to a e wrap up at gmail.com and when i say send us an email you can send us an email that you type out you can send us a clip of your of yourself talking or even a video right Send it to us. We'll play it on the show here. Again, 
We're going to do a little bit of screening, so watch what you're saying there. And then we've never had a problem with Ash Hendricks, right, or anybody else yet, but I like to put out the disclaimer because I know you wrestling fans. I know you wrestling fans. So one thing that we got here in the All Elite Wrap-Up Answering Machine here from our good buddy Ash Hendricks uh, has an intriguing question. I'm ready to play it. Tom, you ready to listen to it? I am. What's up, boys? It's me, obviously. i got a couple questions for you. To start with, I've got two questions for T-Mac, MMA-based. So, let's start there. Right, first things first. Is Vault done? Or, like, because I see... I feel like a rematch is going to go the same way, personally. And I'm not trying to see him fight no legacy fights because, you know... He's got nothing left to prove at this point, so I don't quite understand. Uh, anyway, and um, question number two. Michael Chandler, like, still on McGregor's nutsack, looking like an idiot at Raw, face redder than a strawberry and all this nonsense. I don't... I don't get it. I don't get that either. I, like, like, go away, Mike Chandler. You suck. Anyway, wrestling base for both of you. I'm watching Dynamite now as we speak. Um, they've just done the Diana Perosa, Tony Storm. Tony Storm's got a face full of lipstick. That's pretty fucking funny, but whatever. Anyway, what I don't understand is, like, what do what do we do with Diana uh, Perosa after this? Because I'm... I'm safe. I feel like I'm safe in assuming that Tony Storm is going to win this weekend, and I'm happy for that because she's been killing it. But it it just like doesn't that make doesn't that really make Diana like like waste Diana's time really? Because it's like she's been booking to beat all these other women, but like no one really cares about the other women that she's beaten. The first match against someone that's worth uh, wrestling, the champion, she's going to lose, and it's. So, like, what's the point there? Like, I don't quite understand it because it's like you wanted to, you wanted to be credible, but she's not really that credible by beating people that we don't give a shit about. And now she's going against the top dog there and not being good. So, what's the point? What do you do next with her? It feels like, I feel like they don't. I feel like they don't know. Re- just another example of them not really knowing what to do with the girls there. But I'm, I just think it's a bit weird personally. I want to know what your opinions on that is as well. So, anyways. um... Yeah, I got nothing else, man. You guys have a good show. Yeah, I'll see you next week. Well, thanks. Of course, we will have a good show. We have nothing but. So, Tom, uh, a lot of questions to unpack here. And um, a big thanks again to Ash Hendricks. Reminder, aewrapup at gmail.com. Send us something. We will talk about it. I've got a lot to say about the Stiana Prazo stuff and the AEW and their writing and, the, and their storylines. But he asked you a couple MMA questions, and I'll be yeah. very forthright here. I don't recognize either of the names he said. I don't know any of these people. Michael Chandler was on Monday Night Raw, so if you watch, yeah, I don't watch that show. Watch that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, which yeah, good. You don't. Uh, okay, so, I did see uh, some red faced clown on on social media that, that was on there that I I guess I I did see was from MMA. So that's Mike Chandler they're talking about. Yeah. All right, what did he have fighter. to say? What did he do? Well, first off, Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky lost his title. He's over the age of 35. Uh, I think as of right now, fighters, uh, champions over the age of 35 are like 0-12 in title fights. So it doesn't really do well, especially doesn't when he goes up well. against a mm-hmm. – Yeah, especially if he goes up against a 27-year-old Ilya Taporia. I don't think Volkanovsky is done as far as um, – like being a good elite fighter, but as far as like championship, yeah, he's 
He's done. I think he's in the just some funds fights, right? So like he could move up a division and go up against that guy that you've always thought would be cool. Kind of like what Max Holloway's doing at UFC 300 going to fight Justin Gaethje, similar to that. So he's Michael got Chandler. plenty of money to make is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could yeah. definitely still, he, he has some good paydays for his fighting style. And, you know, obviously he's an elite all time type of fighter. So there are definitely so, good so he's money card for padding. Him good card padding as you're saying yeah exactly yeah, yeah he's a good co-main event you know what i mean one of those things mm-hmm. uh for michael chandler he's a fucking goof uh very good fighter but also don't forget uh, and ash this is why i fucking hate the ufc very similar to wwe it's such a marriage made in fucking bullshit that they're now under the same umbrella this is the same fucking guy now i don't know if he said hey raise my hand i'll be the one that speak or if it was ufc going hey You've got this that checks the box. We'll have you talk. But Tim, since you don't know about it, I'll tell you. So it was February, month of February. They get Michael Chandler to talk about his child. And he talks about how he adopted this child and how he's proud of this child, how they're raising him and how he's excited for the future of that child. You know why? Because it was Black History Month and he adopted a black child. And I'm not saying you don't need to adopt black children. Adopt whoever you would like, assuming the situation is beneficial for all parties. But the idea that you would sit there during Black History Month, a white man, and be like, guess what I'm doing, is just so fucking tone deaf. It's a very white savior mentality. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that comes from like just his background of what he thinks of as far as the world. Now, he does look, he fucking sucked in that promo on Raw. I saw it, sucked ass. He was nervous, and I get it. When he does it in the UFC, it's pretty good. He's in a more comfortable state. He always does the see you at the top. And I okay, I get it, right? He's all on his way to the top. So you are too, kind of thing. It's not bad, but I think he's a fucking goof. And also, I do think he's wasting two years of his fucking career, two years plus, just waiting for Conor McGregor. Fun fact, at least I think it's a fact. I'll probably be proven wrong, but we'll see. I don't think Connor's ever fucking coming back. I think he's just fucking with you, Michael, because he doesn't like you, and he's making you waste your career. Ha! He's doing Roadhouse while you're doing promos on Raw, so maybe shut the The little I know about MMA, I'll say that sounds like Conor McGregor that I know. Well, he's he's yeah. now he's the main bad guy in the Roadhouse uh, remake, and so like he's doing movies. Like He doesn't want to get punched sounds... in the face. Fucking terrible. Yeah. Did I see yeah. they're well, making Twister again? But this time it's Twisters. Twisters. Yeah. But well, like, first off, it was the exact same like stuff mm-hmm. and and dialogue that I saw in the trailer. Like it's yeah, it's just a re a reskin. Yeah. So yes, hundred percent. That's stupid. Remakes sometimes can be better. I will argue this: you never fucking remake a movie that starred Terry Funk. Terry Funk was in the original Roadhouse. You don't fucking get better than that. Okay. Yeah, now that Terry Funk's gone, you can't do this anymore. Yeah, unless he was gonna come back and be like the old, you know, the old yep. head bad guy. Look, I would have accepted Scott Hall as a substitute, but he's he's gone. Yeah, but still, it's Terry Funk. You just you don't replace That's Terry what Funk I mean. with anyone else. Yeah, yeah, so, different role even. Scott Hall couldn't have fit that role as Terry Funk. Exactly. Like, you know? Yeah. So nope. it's dumb as fuck to even do. But anyhow, yep. um, that goes there. Now wrestling portion i'll share mine because i've been gas bagging and i'll let you go on yours i think so i don't know if i necessarily think and this actually brings up a good point because i'm not here next week i'll text you my 
AEW Revolution picks because we got to do our picks because you got to keep wearing that Jeff Jarrett shirt. Um, but I would do, and I think the best option to do with Deanna Perrazzo, I have my hands next to me, shoo away everything, is she loses to Tony Storm because Tony Storm, you don't take the belt off her yet. But she loses because of a jealous Dr. Britt Baker DMD. And essentially, you start Deanna Perrazzo's whole AEW run with best friends betraying her, right? So Tony Storm has gone crazy and they had matching tattoos, but no longer does she recognize Deanna Perrazzo as a friend. And then Deanna Perrazzo is about to win the AEW Women's Champion, but Dr. Britt Baker DMD does not fucking want you to be the champion. She deserves to be the champion. So she cost her friend that championship. And there you go. Then you can have those two run off, do something. Then you get Tony Storm to maybe do the Mariah May angle, things like that. So that's where I would go. Now, if you just have her lose straight up, now you're now you're in a sinking boat because I don't know what the fuck you do from there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> hey, fun fact, before I, I go on what I'm about to say here, back to the Ash call, um, which we're still talking about, but uh, he, he said she's going to, Tony Storm being she, was going to win this weekend, but he's a little wrong. It's next weekend correct mm-hmm. that revolution is mm-hmm. which brings us to an interesting conundrum tom uh if you're not available next week how are we doing picks that's what i said i'm gonna text it to you out. oh you're gonna text it me oh i didn't see that mm-hmm. oh or did you say that did i miss that did I... no i said it no. thanks for listening tim jeez well i'm over here i'm pushing buttons audience I'm, of I'm one taking notes i'm working over here uh well, we're gonna have to work something out. We're gonna have to do something a little different because I can't. You can't spoil me with your picks, right? Then, then I'll just beat you because I'll know what you've got. All right, so Tom, Diana Prazo, uh, ah, uh, the individual thing that we do with Diana Prazo after this, I think your suggestion is great because it is the Dr. Britt Baker light versus Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, and they can kind of go that angle. Now, an idea that I have doesn't matter. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Because they need an overhaul of how they do this. And Ash kind of hit it on the money there when he said, it's kind of let me down on how they handle things, I'm paraphrasing here, with the women in general. It's not just the women, unfortunately, especially as of late um, with AEW. They don't really have a lot of good oversight of where these stories are going, who's supposed to be featured, and what's the purpose of a lot of these characters, right? And how those interact. You got to start looking top down and kind of map these things out. So one, Deanna Prosper doesn't have an identifiable character that's outside of uh, of a couple others, like you said. So a, I would more turn her more into not full Eddie Kingston, but more of that like. All-American girl, but the New York version of All-America. You, you get what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, so we're a little more like, yeah, she's one of us, right? So that means a little less, I'm a star with all the things, right? That's not to say you're not proud of yourself and you come out and you pose and whatnot, but I would change that up a little detail. They they, they have some good nuggets. They, they were hitting things kind of right with this. The friendship angle is great, right? You're my friend, but now you've, you know, we lost such or whatever. You've screwed me over. And now I'm coming to get you and bring you down is great. 
Mm-hmm. Why the end? It worked great here because both of them actually had a legit friendship and they had the matching tattoos and it was all set up. But right now, Tony Storm is doing something wildly out of the realm of reality. So trying to fit the reality storyline into that didn't work absent of the idea that like we're trying to snap her back into reality, right? Which we didn't right. do either, right? So yeah. work friendship angles apart from this Tony Storm thing right now, right? Like it just doesn't fit, right? It, it That's mm-hmm. why it kind of came off weird. Tony Storm made things work to the best of her ability because she's fucking awesome and quick on her, you know, quick on her feet, if you will. Mm-hmm. Th- this here, like think of if you watched Rampage, the stuff they're doing with, with Cool Hand and Ruby Soho, right? Start blending some of these characters with real life things. That's not to say make all of them relationships or anything like that, but these friendship angles, these relationship angles, groups trying to get one over on others and stabbing each other in the back. These are the kind of angles you need here, but they tried to do details of good storylines in one on this and it didn't work. And that's because again, I, nobody's mapping this out. They're not sitting down that I know of. It clearly comes across this way. I could be wrong. I don't see a writer's room going on, but there's nobody like with the spreadsheet or mapping this stuff down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, actually, now that you say that, uh, I'm going to look this up cause I want to be factually correct, but Tony Khan actually made an announcement let me try to find it real quick. Here we go. Tony Khan. Whoop. Tony Khan. He announced that they have signed a new writer to the team. Uh, her name is Jennifer Pepperman. Tim, are you still there? Keep going. Okay, there you go. Because <laughs> you froze on me. So yeah. she, uh, excuse me, uh, Tony Khan said, that they have hired a uh, new writer by the name of Jennifer Pepperman. Uh, she is the new All Elite Vice President of Content. Um, apparently what her role will be is to give more oversight to the writer's room. So possibly they will be working on dotting those I's and crossing those T's as you're hoping. Um, I definitely agree with you. Uh, one interesting bit of uh, kind of contrasting uh, recording in progress. Ice Cube, who played Ice Cube in the NWA movie, he's also a huge pro wrestling fan. He mentioned that uh, he doesn't understand when uh, AEW introduces someone, why don't give why don't they give more background? Right. Um, the, the author of this uh, article, Jonathan Snowden, argues that wrestling stories are best told in the ring. And while I agree with that, where the timeless stories that will you know live on forever is a match that you could put on any day of the week to any person and they would get exactly what the story is and exactly what's going on. However, we're not all doing that, right? We're not all saying this is sport. Obviously, case in point, Tony Storm. So I think... I lean again more towards you, actually 100% lean more towards you, that if you're going to tell stories, you need to have vision. And obviously there's always room and grace, I think, from adults who understand the pivot of an injury, right? We're going down this road. We've got this pay-per-view match between wrestler A and wrestler B, and it's going to happen in three weeks. And then wrestler B rips his ACL. Well, okay, right? 
or in the case of CM Punk getting fired, Ricky Starks needs to wrestle someone. So it's Brian Danielson. You know what I mean? So obviously those things we can take a little bit of exception to and honestly give grace to them. But to your point, when you're saying they're best friends, but it's like, well, she thinks she's a 1920s movie star. The fuck does she like, unless you are going to snap her out of it, right? Unless that's the payoff where, you, you know, she gets body slammed or whatever it is. And she goes, oh, put a fucking black thing under my eye and I'm back to being Tony Storm. I don't know really what the payoff is unless yeah. she loses. Like, and I don't think she should lose. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. And we'll, we'll deal with that when we get to the picks uh, next week on, you know, how that, how, if, and when that happens, but no, yeah, I just, I, I'm upset that they don't have more measured approach to this is a character. This character's goal is this. They will be, doing this they clearly don't have a plan for like this person's champion and we have this person lined up next for this thing with this storyline and that's that's well they do sometimes just you know sometimes you know but i think some of the best stories we've gotten in aw i said sad as it sounds a lot of them centered around mjf and that makes me think mjf was guiding a lot of that yeah, possibly. I mean, you also can't ignore Hangman's redemption story true. from that know, is true. being tagged that is champion true. to the really champion. Done well. yep. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we don't need to go down the whole laundry list if there is that. But like Orange Cassidy going from he's going to try to you can't get him out of a match. Right. Like that's been yeah. decent storytelling mm-hmm. as well. Um, the Dark Order yes, stuff was I going think- good until the unfortunate passing of. Yes, uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I week to week, though, I definitely understand more of what you're saying, where it's like, OK, well, wait a minute. What the fuck? Why would this person care? You know, in the example of Tony Storm, because she doesn't even understand that she's in 2024. She thinks she's in 1923. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I do think. And maybe this again, maybe this new hire who I've never heard of before, but apparently is coming with a lot of fanfare um will be the person that you know dots the i's crosses the t's like i said so yeah, we'll, we'll see said what happens. It. it's you know hires behind the camera and we're getting one only of those, hires so behind the camera yeah. and i mm-hmm. understand we're already gonna get big business which the open secret is mercedes monet but i don't think you fucking need it I don't know. I mean, we don't. We'll get to that when it happens. Again, but absent of a good storyline, I won't give a shit what she does. Right? She could come in doing all the cool things. If there's not a reason for her to be there to do it, I don't really care. Right? So again, well, we'll talk about that in the in the weeks and months to come. Yeah, I don't really but, she's there. But, but yeah. I mentioned Rampage. Mm-hmm. And and I don't watch Rampage as regularly regularly. I think as you do, mm-hmm. and. Man, I got to talk about this promo, this backstage promo between it, it was Moxley and Claudio. <laughs> and I don't know what happened here. I, I feel like on Rampage, they let these folks really go. There's no script. There's no whatever. Right. And I think we had some improv gone awry or Claudio forgetting his lines. <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> because it starts great. Moxley's leaning in. He's like, he was like, I know what this guy's thinking, you know, and he knows what I'm thinking. He goes, Claudio, what am I thinking right now? And I, I don't know if Claudio heard what am I thinking about 
<laughs> right now? Because he said, what am I thinking about right now? And his answer was... Your wife's glutes. And, <laughs> and it froze Moxley. I don't know if he was trying not to laugh or if he was like, what in the fuck did this guy just say to me? Because <laughs> he froze for, I don't know, five seconds? like, And he just stared with the most shocked look on his face and even was like, and <laughs> and what else? And then Claudio goes into his like, and then... Then like, we talked yeah. about, and, and, and what he came up with was actually decent, right? Where he said, yeah. like, I don't have to tell people I'm the greatest and I'm five star and I'm whatever. We just don't do it. And he's mm -hmm. like, we don't need, we don't have to do any of that shit. And then Moxley summed it up great with this. He was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. All right. And he was like, good answer. Bye. But like, God damn it. I watched that back 15 times or so. Cause that shit was hilarious to see that yeah. go through. Yeah. There was, was a the long fun. pause though. There was a long pause. <laughs> In between yeah. him saying that line and then the next line if coming out. If you've never watched Rampage, if you don't watch it regularly or whatever, get your hands on last, uh, what was it, Friday's Rampage, mm -hmm. just to see this backstage pro. <laughs> because that long pause is some of the best stuff. Your wife's glutes. <laughs> Loved, Love it. It. Loved it. Love it. Hey, so let's talk about last night's AEW Dynamite. Like I said, it was from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, that's a place in America. And it kicked off with Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio Castanoli, as mentioned, and John Moxley taking on FTR. And we get a knockdown drag out fight that Tim ends in a draw. And to the best of my knowledge, again, we don't fact check. I believe that's the first time limit draw in a tag team match in AEW history. Mm. We've had Might singles be. time limit draws, but I don't think we've had a tag. Might be. And by the way, if you're watching us live, feel free to join in the chat. And if you're listening back to us later on the podcast, shame on you. You should be watching us live so you can join in on the conversation. We love you, but shame on you. Tom... Mm -hmm. I used to live in Oklahoma City for three years. And Aww. that explains a lot. And so I was there with, you know, stationed down there in the military. And, you know, they were like, oh, welcome to Oklahoma. And I was like, thanks. Right. You know? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, so what do we do around here? Right. And then we start talking. They're like, oh, and they're like, oh, there's, you could go visit Tulsa. I was like, I got to get the. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, I think this match is what we expected, right? We expected some hard hitting, some face punching, some shit talking, some some bloodied up fellas, right? Yeah, uh Tulsa, first off though. Um home of the two-tone car, the color of your car and dirt. Uh so <laughs> that's what you got in Tulsa. Um but this was fun, right? I mean, am I lying? You were there. A lot of dirt. <laughs> Even the name sounds like you're repulsing some, you know, like Tulsa. <laughs> oh, it's fucking Tulsa. You're like, anyway, I'm going to tell Tulsa. Hey, anybody listening to Tulsa, we love you. Do we? Nah, probably not. But maybe you should be um, on Tulsa. <laughs> yeah, move to Kansas City. We're winning Super Bowls. Hey, listen. It's fun. Take the... Take the one bus out of Tulsa that comes around so we can get out of there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look. Hey, we're winning. Look at this. We're winning Super Bowls. Look at that. Newest one in the coming oh, yeah. up on the wall. When does Tulsa's NFL team play in the Super Bowl? 
about the same time as their fucking baseball team. Mm. They ain't got either. Uh, but this one was a good one. Uh, yeah. Ends in a draw. They do the... Here's where AEW does need a little bit of help, I think. They... The pull-aparts. I get it. It seems like we're all... You know, the... the 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 uh, The joke is it's all friends wrestling, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know that things have happened where, you know... For example, John Moxley legitimately knocked out Hangman Adam Page, but that was an accident and things of that nature. But if you're going to do a pull apart, man, fucking you got this is the most real it has to be right. I'm not saying I want dangerous things, but I can't have you. No, here's here's how you sell that. Right. You need to sell this to the fellas that like, all right. You half are going to be holding this person. You half are going to be holding this person. And uh, this guy gets a fat bonus check uh, if he gets to the other guy. Right? Like, legitimately, you better hold him back. You know what I mean? Like, hold his ass back, and you get the bonus checks. Or if he gets to him, he gets all your bonus checks. You know what I mean? Like, like let's hold him back. All right? Well, you know, one of the stories that is in the, you know, long history of the Spanish announce table, if you recall, was when the Regal twins told us about when they played security guards and there was a pull apart between Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. And before the show even started, you know, they did the whole, hey, this is what we're going to do at this time, Mark. And this is what we're going to do at this time, Mark. And then, you know, I know he's very controversial right now, deservingly so, but Brock Lesnar said to the group of security guards, which was just local wrestlers, he said, this is the last time me and him are going to stand next to each other. After we leave this meeting, we are going to hate each other. So you better act according. And Undertaker was like, we're not joking. Like, if you think that this is a like going to be a play fight, you're going to get hurt. And to their credit, I mean, not to their credit, but apparently... One of the local wrestlers got a fucking black eye because Brock Lesnar was trying to get through and Brock Lesnar punched the fucking guy. And then if you recall, when Jeremy White was playing a cop, Jeremy White, when they arrested Brock Lesnar, Jeremy White put his hand on Brock Lesnar. He's like, don't touch me. And Jeremy was like, oh, shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Got it, sir. Yeah. (laughs) But like, that's what I'm talking about. Again, do not. I am never calling because one thing also that I don't understand about Japanese pro wrestling is like, look at the kicks of that guy. It's like the other person's letting him. It's not fucking cool. If I can unload a hundred percent kick on your chest, that's fucking yeah. easy. Anyone can do that. Here's what but, I'll say about that. Right. Well, yeah, what, yeah. Saying, well, what I'm going to say is, but when you're saying it's a pull apart and everyone needs to come down to separate it, that's when it has to look the realest possible. Yeah. So yeah, a it's on the wrestlers. You guys got to make this look like a real fight. Now I get don't, it's dangerous to say we're going to go out there and really fight, even though we don't have something to fight, right? But, like, you can still do things that are physically intense, right? You can still shove, you know, body check, you know, don't hit him right in the nose, right? Like, go for the body, these kinds of things where it'll look like a real fight. And, again, you give these guys some incentive to legitimately pull these dudes apart. One of you is not here next week if, you know what I mean, if these guys get to each other, that kind of thing. Make this look real, you know? Well, I think that was what Undertaker and Brock Lesnar were kind of alluding to with the local pro yeah. wrestlers. It's like you want to you want a spot on the card the next time we come to town. 
You better not fuck this up. You know what I mean? Uh, so I do think there's something to that. So anyhow, there was a pull apart. It wasn't great necessarily, uh, right. but it happened. Then we go backstage and Renee Paquette is with Orange Cassidy. And here's another thing that doesn't make any fucking sense, Tim. So we're backstage. It's Renee. It's Orange Cassidy. And it's the, I guess, head doctor. I don't know who this guy is, but I, I'm assuming head doctor, right? Yeah. And <laughs> Renee talks about, hey, Rocky Romero was taken out by um, Undisputed Kingdom. Uh, Chuck was taken out. Then Trent was taken out. Hell, you're going through just this gauntlet of matches, you know, uh, Trent can't wrestle tonight, but you say you're going to. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to. And then Renee looks to the doctor and the doctor goes, he meets the minimum requirements to compete. And then Orange Cassidy's like, well, then I'm going to compete. So, 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 uh, Tim. Yeah. This makes no fucking sense. So Tony Khan is just some fucking maniac, horrible booker that's like, presses spam on the Excel spreadsheet that just puts orange Cassidy in every fucking match every week. Like then just cancel the match. We have, we obviously have enough talent backstage that we could just do something else, you know? Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. It's one thing to say like, well, he barely meets the qualifications, but he does meet the qualifications, but then there could still somebody oversight and be like, well, listen, we're still going to pause and wait on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I didn't like that either. It, it, it just, I, I I know it sounds like we're talking out of both sides of our mouth when we say put more stuff in storylines, give us more backstage things in that regard, and then shit on something where they attempt to do that. But some of it's in, in the attempt here in that I don't need a doctor intervention on my screen for a thing that's happening this week and nothing else. You know what I mean? Like I don't, this, if the storyline for the long arc is somebody's injury. Okay. We can see a doctor a couple times, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. But this feels odd and just like filler. Right. Well, it just makes the, it makes the promoter look like an asshole. And again, we're not doing evil. Vince McMahon makes his wrestlers, you know, dance when he says dance. Right. Is there any other Vince McMahon than evil? Well, you get what I'm saying. So, so then you change the, change the story, put it to where orange Cassidy gets cleared by a doctor to compete in a future match, future match, right? He could just be back there. Renee's like, Hey, you've gone through all these matches. How are you holding up? Well, Dr. You know, McGillicuddy over here, whatever the fuck his name is fucking cleared me. I guess I'm cool to go. And then the Undisputed Kingdom would go, bet you won't go tonight. Bet you won't fight tonight. And then Orange Cassidy's like, oh, you don't think I fucking will? See you out there in 10 minutes. Then it looks like the Undisputed Kingdom got him out there instead of the fucking promoter. Like, make it make sense. I hate that saying that. But like, you know what I mean? So here we go. Okay. So like, all right. So we see Orange Cassidy backstage with the promoter. And he's like... All right, so I'm good to go for revolution. And he's yeah. like, Yes. He's like, Oh, yes, you're good to go for revolution. He's like, Good. And he's like, He's like, I mean, he's like, You will be this time next week. And he'll be like, All right, cool. So I'll be cleared next week. And he's like, Yeah. And he's like, Oh, shit. I forgot. I'm not here next week. And then Orange Cassidy's like, Well, then just clear me now. And he's like, I can't do that. 
and he's like, it'll have to be after revolution when I'm back or whatever. And he's like, no, 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 I got to make revolution. Clear me now. You said next week I'll be fine. Just clear me now. It'll be fine. He's like, fine. Right. And he clears them and he hands in the paper. He's like, all right. And then in walks your situation, Mm -hmm. right? They're like, you weak puss. You won't go tonight. And they'll be like, well, I'm cleared. And they'll be like, "Uh uh-huh. And then, oops, now he gets injured again. Right. Cause he wasn't cleared. Yeah, but, but then you're kind of making Tony Khan look like a fucking pushover, which maybe he is. But like, yeah. you know what I mean? Or, or we should fire like, that doctor then at that point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> true that. True that. So, true that. Um, but yeah, so anyhow, so he says he's It's quick, wrestling. Right? Video evidence never exists once it, you know what I mean? Once it happens. Uh, yeah, and only if right? we show you live when you're mm-hmm. in the ring looking at it, nobody else sees it. You didn't see it from and before. Always. Always. Always the case. It's the only window of opportunity you can know what happened. I mean, duh. That's the only time I know, right? Uh, yeah. All right, so we're staying backstage. FTR is back there, and they say, "Hey, we still want to fight. Uh, we still want this uh, acronym battle, right? We want yeah, FTR this was... versus BCC, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, in AEW. Um, and so we want to fight those Blackpool Combat Club guys. And then they're like, we don't have anything to do with Revolution, so let's. And then." The match doesn't even really get announced. And then here goes Blackpool Combat Club. And again, if you want to fucking fight, I'm fight. I'm supposed to think well, I'm supposed to think John Moxley is being held back from a by a 52-year-old ref, uh, referee. Come on. Exactly. Or right. just be like, I can't touch you because if I touch them, I'm fired. So fuck you. Again, so there's make that. The yeah. Details. If if you're gonna have one, yeah, like that's what the like let me hear the official telling him. You know you get fine hundred thousand if I get fucked. You know you get fine hundred thousand. You better back up, back up. Mm-hmm. I told you know if you once again. I know in wrestling in spots we need the rest the the referees to be you know unawares right to have missed things to kind of you mm-hmm. know play the fool. Mm-hmm. But they need to hold some power and authority. So when they are awares. They ought to be able to hold some fucking power over these people. Otherwise, they would never be respected by the wrestlers, right? Right. Yeah. Then everyone just push you out of the way. Yeah. And so, again, it's fine. Little details, but that's where we're kind of wanting the next level of AEW to go, right? We've had, we've got a great four-year start or however long it's been. It's been awesome. Yeah. But now, now fine tune much that is up. expected, right? You, you, you set a bar. You got to meet that yeah. bar now. And this isn't too, I know it may sound as though like, oh, geez, man, you know, shit talking everything. But like, it's not to say that, well, of course, BCC versus FTR is good, right? Well, A, we just saw it. You know, we're going to see it again, right? But like, that alone isn't enough is what, what we're trying to say to carry you on. I, It's just a match otherwise. Well, we just saw the match, right? I need a storyline to tell me. And if you're telling me that storyline, it's hard for me to buy in without these little details. Yeah. Uh, 100% agree. Uh, all right. So let's get back into the ring. Orange Cassidy versus Mike Bennett. This was fun. The thing I like the most about it is, did you catch what the low below is called? So Mike Bennett hits Orange Cassidy right in the dick and he calls mm-hmm. it the five on two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. It's almost as good as the Kansas City Cump punt. Yeah, mm, the ovarian delight. Um, this was set up again to you know to to fluff Orange Cassidy, right? He's gonna work over Bennett, and and it worked very effectively. Um, 
and we got some golden stuff with Taz, of course, throughout you know throughout this match and stuff. Um, but I, I, the ending, as as we'll get into, started to make sense, but then took a sharp turn, real yeah. sharp turn. So Orange Cassidy defeats Mike Bennett, as we mentioned. Then the Undisputed Kingdom come down after the bell, and they're beating up on Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy has no friends. Chuck's gone. Rocky Romero's gone. Trent's gone. Women, I guess, can't help. So why would Chris Statlander come down, you know, or whatever? Uh, so then for the save, Jake Hager, Orange Cassidy's dad, running down, making the save. What the fuck is up with that? Who we've never have these two. I think they may have interacted at some point. Right. But like, I, they haven't been oh, yeah. teammates, they haven't been friends, they haven't been... No, no, no. Well, remember Orange Cassidy feuded with uh, Chris Jericho, so that's right. how they bumped into that's each other right. and things like that. But yeah, as far but as they've like... They've never been friends. Had, right. And... Hear me out. Seeing Jake Hager, it did make me think, if we didn't do this, we could have worked in Jake Hager as the reverse of the mini me right of of orange cassidy right let's dress him up like orange cassidy give him the again perfect lines whatever right like it was like he can do that fine right well you give him one or two lines just have him and like have him be a copycat tim we're not saying look we still got that chance after revolution we can still get there yeah we can still get there again they're friends now so maybe that's how we get there yeah. So what do we, we call him? See. What do we? He's just still Jake Hager, but he's just dressed up as and just acting like Orange Cassidy. But instead of freshly squeezed, can we come up with something cool? <laughs> yeah. Like, this has a chance to be the coolest Jake Hager th- thing ever done. Easily, easily. Yeah, you, you could just call him Jake, and they're like, "What happened to Hager?" He's like, "It's too much for me to say. I don't want to say it all." <laughs> Wait, it's just I'm just, just call him Hager. Just Jake. Yeah, Hager. Yeah. Well, aren't you? Yeah. You know how many Jakes yeah. there are? I don't like yeah. saying my name. It's too many. Yeah. Too many people around. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, we go backstage. No, that's it. He's just it, he's just Jake. Hey. <laughs> yeah. He's like Jake. Hey, and they'd be like, "Why Hager?" I'd be like, oh, "I don't want to say it. It's too much. Man. Too much work." Jake. Hey. Uh, all right. So we're backstage, and Tim. I tell you what, you know, um, The Rock, taking a quick side quest here. The Rock. It was on AEW. <laughs> no, but it has a tie-in to the person who would show up. The Rock on Twitter announced that Seven Bucks Production and some director are going to do a biopic about Ric Flair, which, one, has been done by fucking everyone. Pick someone new. And two, friends, the last biopic of any sort that we did on Ric Flair wasn't great for him. The plane yeah, ride Did we hell. forget that in AEW? Like, what what happened here that... Now, I... from what, from peeking behind the curtain, which we don't like to do, but from peeking behind the curtain, what has been reported, right here I am, reported is that Sting was very adamant of, hey, kind of, I know he may not be everyone's best friend, but he's the guy that helped me get to this point. I want him a part of my last match. And Tony Khan, for better or for worse, was like, you can have anything you want. 
So Ric Flair and then Ric Flair's energy drink yeah. was like, we'll sign on. So, hey, we'll make a dollar too. So I think that's the whole thing. Yeah, I think that's how that came about. But also, did my, you see the Kevin Nash thing, which we can. Yeah, which Kevin Nash was like, I can't do that because Ric Flair can. Ric Flair can, you know, he's bigger. No yeah, offense but it's still Kevin weird. Nash. They won't let him like, I, they won't let Kevin Nash be in the thing because Kevin Nash tied to WWE and they, and they don't want him seen on their TV. But does the average person know Kevin Nash was actually tied to WWE contractually in some way still? like Yeah, at that point. Fuck. Right. Yeah. But I didn't know that until I read that now. Like, fucking, whatever. Yeah. And who, why does it um, matter? I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but uh, to get to kind of finishing up my point about The Rock yeah, here sorry. is <laughs> sorry. Um, it's a little bit overdone. Ric Flair's an overdone story. I don't know what new ground we're going to cover. And then, yeah, two, we've said everything. Again, again. Did you know he was in a plane crash? Well, did you know maybe it's not going to be a fun story that anyone's really going to love? So, like, Rock. And I'm not saying, hey, anyone that has any dirt, stay a million feet away from them. But, like, it's been overdone and it's not that great. So what the fuck? Well, and it's going to make again. money. They don't care if it's good. Well, it's just, it will it make money. Will it? I don't know. But here's the other thing. Probably. I saw Rock's promo on Twitter about him going to, uh, he, he's not going to be at the uh, Australia pay-per-view, you know? Mm-hmm. But he refers to Cody and his girlfriend, Seth Rollins. We're doing gay jokes in 2024, Rock? That's what he kept saying. Cody and his girlfriend, Seth Rollins. That's not fucking, and I get you're supposed to be the bad guy, but that's not even fucking like good bad guy lines. Like that's the laziest 1997 line I've heard. You know what I mean? Like Again, if if it were a choice of saying like, well, I'm going to say that because I'm a bad guy and I want people to boo me. But that would be saying your character is homophobic, right? Like that would be saying that. And, And The Rock's character is just the rock with a bad attitude, right? It's it's Dwayne Johnson yeah. with a bad attitude. Those two have been mm-hmm. married both mm-hmm. on screen and off. That yep. like we're not saying that's a behind from the curtain. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Dwayne the Rock Johnson exists in both realms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's so that's an interesting an interesting move to pull. I didn't see any of this. Man, it was but, bullshit. Yeah, but sure. let's get back to AEW. So a car uh, pulls up. Before this, though, actually, I forgot this in my notes. Before this. Uh, Renee Paquette is with Cool Hand Ange, and she's like, hey, you got a date. And he's like, I do. And then here comes uh, Ruby Soho, and she's like, you ready for the date? And he's like, I sure am. And then here comes this SUV, and she's like, is that all right? And he's like, I got us a lift. (laughs) No. No, look. It's a first date. Fuck off. Well, um, no, I love that. She's she, she was like, yeah, yeah, totally cool. <laughs> I, love, I love that he well, wasn't yeah, even that intimidated. You know? He was like, he was like that. No, he's like, I gotta live. Is that all right? <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, like and yeah. good honor does not say no, right? Like, yeah, she was like, yeah, yeah. No, great, fine, yeah. <laughs> great. So credit to Ruby Soho. Yeah, uh, but then out comes Ric Flair, and Ric Flair walks up, and Renee Paquette's like, hey, Rick, you haven't been around in a while. What's up? How you feeling? And then he just goes on the biggest, woe is me, I haven't been used like I want to be used. And this brother, no one fucking really wants you a part of this, except for Sting. But like, that's it. Okay, that's it. And so 
then okay so then he goes oh so i'm gonna explore my options and then he walks five feet knocks on the door of the young bucks and the young bucks let him in i don't give two fucks about well he's gonna heal out and side with the young bucks and make it look like until he's not and he low blows the young bucks and ha ha yeah this was all planned from sting and and the dirtiest player in the game to begin with yeah we just fucking booked all of it yeah. We just booked it right there. Yeah. Like you guys thought you teamed up with the dirtiest player in the game, but you should have recognized the dirtiest player in the game just played you. Mm-hmm. Woo. And then uh, who gives a shit? Yeah. To put Sting um, out, you know, right off into the sunset and then they make it out on the way out anyway. Well, no, they'll still lose, <laughs> but that'll be the, the hope spot for Sting, right? Sting will take 17 super kicks. Ric Flair, like, let me in at him one time, and he'll do his fucking. I'm you know what my it should be. And no, then you know what Mo it should be. Both of them, and here's uh-huh. what it should be. I got it. So Ric Flair's doing this. He's gonna heal out. It's gonna put Sting in peril, right? We're gonna lead into like Sting's being double crossed by Ric Flair, and he's helping the Young Bucks. And you know we think Sting's at his worst, and then the Young Bucks are like, "Fuck this old man," and they just start fucking with him anyway, and they get him in a figure four, and now. Old man Ric Flair is over there, and now he needs help. And Sting's like, you were just fucking screwing me over. I'm going to help you. But Sting helps him anyway because he's a fucking good guy, and he helps him out. And then they fucking cold cock Sting. And and then. Who, Ric Flair? No, the fucking, yeah, the Young Bucks. And they're just like. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant that they all did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Look, that's a lot of fucking thing for Ric Flair to do. He's barely able True. to walk. True, he might so actually think, die if they do that. Yeah, I think he does. A Good idea, bit. but bad person to carry it out. Yeah. Yeah, I think he drops to a knee, two yeah, low blows. His... Yeah. Yeah. And gets out of there. He knee uh, drops but... his sport coat. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, Breaks his knee again, in the process. <laughs> I'm not hating on the character of Ric Flair. The character of Ric Flair is fine and great because again, we can separate art from the person. But even the the, the character right now is kind of bullshit. But that's just my opinion. Uh, so, hey, then we go in the ring, but we're not uh, ready for action. We're ready for an interview segment. Tony Schiavone's in the ring, and he says, Diego Garcia, come on down. He does his little burp, 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 dance. And apparently, Adam Copeland uh, can't continue or can't make it to the pay-per-view. They had a DQ finish because of the patriarchy. And so it looks like Daniel Garcia now has a date with Christian Cage at AEW Revolution, which then brings out the patriarchy. And Tim, wouldn't you fucking know it, Daniel Garcia's dad is dead. I mean, does this have to be a prerequisite to fucking feud with Christian? I hope so. And it's so great that it works every time, and he's just saying the same thing every time. Yeah. Yeah. Dad's a piece of shit, huh? <laughs> you have a dad, which everybody has a dad, and your dad is dead, and then I'm going to be your dad. And it works every time as the loudest booze of the night. Well, he's the al- best. although I love it. it's not starting to get booze, it's starting to get instant True. cheers and then yeah. booze, right? Like, it's yeah. like, yeah. His dad is, his dad dad is dead, but yeah. you're an asshole for bringing it up. Yeah, fucking love Christian Cage. I he might yeah. be one of my top ten of all time, if not top five. He's so fucking fun. He's great right now as a heel. Uh, so he says again, like you said, hey, your dad is dead. 
but I want to be your dad. And then Daniel Garcia, he does a good promo, kind of like kid from Buffalo, streets of Buffalo kind of thing. And he's like, you keep talking about my mom, you're going to end up next to my dad, which I thought was a cool line. Like, Good line. Good line. And then the Nick best Wayne, part of this. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, then Nick Wayne goes down. He takes out Nick Wayne. Then here comes <laughs> Luchasaurus kill switch. And here's the kind of swerve for me. Matt Menard. Wow. Hits Luchasaurus kill switch with a chair. And then he already had another chair. He was a smart baby face because he already had another chair ready. He slides that one to Garcia and he's like, I got one too. Come on, motherfuckers. And like, hey, 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 we ain't going to get you. So they come off looking, you know, badasses, I guess you could say. Yeah. What do you think? Man, a couple of things. Um, one, to finish off the Christian thing, the best part of his delivery is that everybody knows what he's going to say. And he just stands up there and proudly is like, yeah, I know you know what I'm going to say. And I'm going to say it right now. His dad is dead. (laughs) Everyone's like, you suck, don't say that. And I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) His dad is dead. (laughs) I love it. Anyway, um, yeah, the Matt Menard thing is great. We've been saying, like, what the fuck is Matt Menard is always on commentary but never helps this motherfucker. Um, And I love me some daddy magic, and I'll always take more. But is 2.0 not a thing? Are they slowly drifting apart? Well, is, is look, Matt Menard just not a wrestler anymore? Is that where we're at? Can he? Yeah. I kind of think, hey, he's, mm-hmm. or he's maybe dealing with something, peeking behind the curtain again. Maybe he has something going on, a leg injury, right. or whatever, back yeah, injury. Yeah, Bent so dick or something. Yeah, whatever it may be. Now, yeah. here's, a, here's a question for you. Well, here's a question for you. So a wrestler, to the X, left. whoever it is, right? Their dad is alive. Mm-hmm. But their mom is dead. Does Mama Wayne take the microphone? It was like, hey, I hear, yeah, oh. I hear you had a mom named. It's even Cheryl worse, isn't it? Whatever. Yeah, there it is. Even I have worse. a mom named Cheryl. I heard she, and then he can just take the mic and goes, and I heard she's dead. <laughs> he can even say the line, and then she can be like, and I want to be your mother. Look, like, Nick I'll be your stepdad. Well raised. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I can be, yeah. Then that he can be like, I can be your stepdad because we know your father failed to protect your mother and keep her alive. <laughs> Just boo. <laughs> yes. That's a good, you know, because again, yes. eventually this can be like, motherfucker. Okay. Is everyone's fucking dad dead? But then if we switch it up, I think that'd be a good little refresher. Again, I hope no one's mom is actually dead. Because one other thing, Tim, here, here's the other oh, yeah. thing. And I don't want to know. I really don't. But if if Daniel Garcia's dad is well and alive, fucking great. I don't need the myth ruined on me that he's actually fine. <laughs> that he's right. Yeah. In... Tell me everybody's dad is dead. I don't yeah. Know tell me everyone. <laughs> just for the story, it's fucking. The great. problem you know is I mean? that you can never use that person's dad in a storyline ever again. Then. Yeah. But. But. God damn it. Um, oh, I, may, I may have lost my train of thought at the moment, but we can continue on. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, but, you know, because that's the thing is someone's like, I Googled, because they said some address, you know, and they're like, I Googled the address, and it was, and I was like, shut the fuck up. Really? Who cares? Who Stop ruining a fun story mm. with your facts. Because oh, fun I fact, remember. his name isn't Christian Cage, you dumb shit. I do remember what I was thinking of that got me laughing hilariously. So, you said, it's a prerequisite that everybody, dad has to be dead. I want to see some backstage footage of like they're hosting like this 
all hands meeting. And Christian's like, fucking ask it. Fucking ask it. And Tony Khan's like, I don't want to ask it. And he's like, you fucking ask it. And he's like, all right, can I see with a show of hands whose father is dead? <laughs> Everybody's like looking around, fucking raising their hands. Christian's like, that guy, write that down. Write him down. <laughs> like, ooh, write yeah. her down. That's a good one, too. <laughs> fucking yeah. please. Oh, that would be so great. That would be great. That would be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, all right, so we get that, and then hey, then we go backstage. We man, we actually had more backstage than I than I uh, thought uh, upon further review. But Renee Paquette is backstage with Hangman Adam Page, Hook, and Rob Van Dam. Uh, did you catch RVD was like, hey, uh, Hangman, you stole something from Prince Nana, but you ain't got anything to share with me. And Hangman's like, don't fucking worry about it, you know. And then Hangman does the. We're in this to get rid of Swerve. And he's just yeah. completely like wide-eyed and just like, we don't care about anyone else. It's Swerve. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's because so. he stole his weed. Uh, right. <laughs> right. I still love that line. And I'm going to steal your weed. <laughs> and Why not? The best line out is because Nana sold that story. He's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was, that set him off. He's like, I've had yeah. enough of this. <laughs> this, is a, this is bullshit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he says we're in this yeah. to beat up Swerve and nothing else. And so there you go, more of a mission statement from Hangman. Yeah, I we need it on the way out. We need like RVD to be like looking at him and be like, "How's your dad?" You know what I mean? Like we just need some interactions there with this. We need some hinting here. Yeah. Uh, then we get then we do get in the ring, and we get Tony Storm defeats a lady. Uh, yeah, and she uses yeah she uses the uh break a leg which i thought was great uh to 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 win yeah great line yeah great name and then as soon as she wins diana peraza walks down and she does the blah, blah, blah. there was a really cool again black and white color split screen as one tony storm was going up and then diana peraza was going down the ramp so that was fun yeah they got uh, a cool new them. filter for yeah the, uh, yeah that's yeah. a fun thing i think you know it is tony storm use it as much as you can until you don't right um, and then Deanna Prazo beats uh Madison Rain, friend of the show, Madison Rain. You know, we're gonna leave that in the Spanish announce table. No, nope, we're leaving that in the Spanish announce <laughs> yeah. table. We're moving on, Madison Rain. Now, the thing here is again, you told me early on in the show she'll be facing Madison Rain, her longtime mentor. Why didn't we get a backstage segment of her longtime mentor interacting with her and us figuring that out? And that would have made the match a little more interesting later, right? Like, because we haven't seen Madison Rain in fucking whatever. <laughs> like, you told me, like, well, oh, she's her mentor. I'm like, oh, cool. But it's way cooler if I figure that out, right? Instead of you just mm -hmm. telling me that. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the earlier point, the, you know, counterpoint to the tell better stories thing is wrestling's best told in the ring. <laughs> well, I, I can't ever get that fucking story if you don't tell me that this was her mentor and then tell me, cause is, is it a mentor like Shawn Michaels was to Brian Danielson who Brian Danielson was like, he was kind of there. It's really, it's really William Regal. Right. Is it that kind of right. a mentor or is it like, you know, uh, daddy magic and Daniel Garcia were, yeah. you know, they referred to him as his son. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. But why don't yeah, we get like, on, you know I mean? like, be like, why don't you step it up? You know what I mean? Be like, this ain't what I taught you. Like you would have been beating that bitch's ass already. You know what I mean? Or something to be like, you got a problem with me. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's see it. Give me something. Yeah. Or just a, Hey, I want to give you a great test before your pay-per-view match. Right. 
I know. Yeah, so I'm going to give you will, everything I got. Yeah, and I know what will get you to the next level. So let's go out there and have Ooh. a good competition. You can get a you little know? sly stuff, and she'll be like, "Oh yeah, that'll be a good warm up." And she'll be like, "That'll be a nice, good, easy warm up." And she'll be like, "Well, hold on, hold on." I didn't say well, easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And she'll be like, "Okay, all right, all right." Yeah. Well, then we're we get some titty slaps. I'll, I'll save my I'll save my uh, opinions of Madison Rain for Madison Rain. Yeah, Madison Rain. Okay, so Diana Frazzo beats her. No, well, I'm just saying, you know, there's a reason I don't think she ever made it the big times. You know what I mean? Maybe mm-hmm. some of that acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all I said. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Diana Prazo beat <clears throat> Madison Rain with the break leg finisher. So there you go. Stealing the finisher. What you can do, I can do better kind of thing. And there we go. Oh, and then as Ash uh, mentioned, Tony Storm runs down, throws the shoe, tries to lock in her finisher, but then they pull it out. And then Tony Storm just does this lipstick thing. Yeah. Like 700 swipes around the mouth. What was that about? I don't even, I don't know what that I don't was know. about. Unless she's just you know, crazy. And we didn't have time for this because it, it happened in the same night. But if this would have been next week where Luther or the same Mariah is showing her the footage of her using the stuff, we got to show the footage. And while we're all in black and white, the footage is in color and have Tony Storm be like, what is wrong with this TV? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Be like, Hits it on the side. <laughs> yeah. Like, it goes into black and white. It's like, better. better. Right. This is now way better. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, so, yeah, that's what we got for our women's title match coming up at Revolution in about a little over a week. Then, yep. Tim, we get a stylized promo. And honestly, and I hate to be prisoner of the moment, however... Could be top five Sting promos of all time. And it's Darby and Sting, some, I guess, church warehouse. I don't know where the fuck they are. And Darby, to his credit, they find a kicks lot of off. abandoned places, don't they? They spend yeah, a lot of time. Yeah. Not yeah. actually trying to work on the story, just trying to find places. I don't know. Kidding. This was actually good. Uh, Darby Allen. Looks like maybe doing heroin. I don't know. <laughs> but Darby kicks it off and was like, hey, Look at this picture of Sting. Sting and his sons. His sons in this picture are the same age as your sons, Bucks, as they are right now. You know what you did. And I'm paraphrasing here. But he's like, essentially, you know you fucked up. And then Sting takes the photo and he's like, you know, this is the first time in my career anyone's actually gone after my family. Hmm. No one's ever hit us my son all the sinister characters none of them now i do think he may be fibbing a little bit now Mm. i shouldn't say fibbing i do believe this is the first time that sting's sons have been attacked by wrestlers however if i remember correctly i'm pretty sure kurt angle and tna went to one of Sting's son's soccer matches or soccer Mm. practices and was sitting in there yeah. Yes. Like, yes. Was that Kurt Angle? I, somebody. Yeah. It was yeah, when it was Sting, Kurt yes, Angle. they they tracked Sting like, down and they were almost trying to goad Sting back around and Sting didn't want yeah. anything to do with this. And yeah, yeah. Mm, he's yeah. like, check out this. So, mm. but, but again, ne- mm. this is the first time someone attacked him. So I will give him credit for that. Right. So he wasn't lying essentially in storyline. Right. But then he says, you know, family means a lot to me. And then he's talked about how, you know, 
when he was the Bucks age, he thought he was invincible. He could run through walls and conquer anything. He was untouchable. And now he's, uh, he's kind of ending his career. He's realizing, you know, that's not the case. And his mortality is actually closer now than it's ever been. And he brings up the fact that his dad, which side note, way to go to make it this long, had just passed in the last week, uh, which he's 65. So I don't even know how old his dad is. Again, credit to you. Um, and so now he, he has a, he has some uh, competing motivations, both of which will not bode well for the Bucks. And he says this is his last match. He may not be good now, but on Saturday night, he's going to be giving it all that he has at the pay-per-view. And Bucks, you are fucked. Obviously, he doesn't say that, but I think it would be fun. But he says, you are fucked. What do you think of all this? Same thing. Very well done, like mission statement for the moment that's happened, right? All felt very mm-hmm. real, believable, right? Very, you know, just honest, right? So I I think they're doing well with what this is. I think when they it became clear that this is what it was gonna be, everybody was kinda like, uh, huh? I still kinda <laughs> like, eh, yeah, yeah, it still feels even looking at it from afar still feels like an odd choice, but at least they're pulling it off fine, right? I think things are going well with what they're doing. Yeah, still the the the, the monkey wrench, I guess you could call it, or whatever it may be, is Darby Allen. I don't get why do they hate Darby yep. Allen? Wouldn't you think one of them would go on to face staying one-on-one, right? Like they would do a rock, paper, scissors, one of the Bucks wins, that Buck gets to face Sting, like... Two-on-one. Like, yeah or challenge them that yeah. young bucks yeah i still think and maybe i'm just patting myself on the back here but i still think that like the best way to do this story to start off with it can get to this point now but the best way to start off with is the bucks say this is our company no team's ever going to retire undefeated because we're the greatest tag team how dare you think you're getting out of here without a loss on your record we're putting that on your record before you get out of here. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Like that's you know an easy way here. to start it. <clears throat> you know what we do here. <clears throat> the young bucks, they bucks brag about. They're like, we've got this in the bag because <clears throat> we have a secret weapon. And Sting's gonna be like, idiots. Like I saw the footage. I know Ric Flair went to talk to you. Like you don't think I know Ric Flair's lurking around the corner all times? You're like you guys are idiots. And then we get to the event. And Ric Flair comes out, but Sting's ready for it. But he's ready for Ric Flair, and Darby Allen gives him the fucking what for. And then the fucking Young Bucks pin Sting, and Sting's left dying there, and Darby Allen's like fucking flipping the birds, and then we get a heel Darby Allen out of it. I like that. I do like that. You know what I thought you were going to say, though? And then it's Lex Luger. I thought you were going to say Lex Luger and then swerves. Wheels Sting. himself down. <laughs> is he yeah. in a wheelchair? Yeah, I, know I, so. I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, I, okay. so, yeah. I didn't know. I thought he's walking. Um, I think so, yeah. Well, well, then I'm wrong, I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Kevin Nash. Fuck it. Why not? Well, you could still hey. do it. Adam Cole's sitting in a chair this whole time. Yeah. Well, but who's to say Kevin Nash isn't fucking lying and he is going to be a surprise? You know what I mean? Don't put it past. Let's get the whole main event mafia to show up and just. I was just <laughs> gonna could, say. Huh? Well, I was we just gonna get say the whole the main NWO event. Wolfpack. Uh, Booker T. 
Well, I was going to say, just do the NWO Wolfpack. Get Conan, get Lex Luger, get uh, Kevin Nash, because Scott Hall wasn't in the Wolfpack. Uh, get, um, obviously, Sting was in it. And then I think that was it, right? Disco Inferno, but fuck him. He doesn't really count. Um, I think that was He's it. it was like <laughs> Disco? <laughs> I think so. He probably is now. Okay. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> she's not only ugly, she's fat. I just hey, to so let's this. talk. <laughs> let's talk about another impressive uh, interview. Again, a lot of, I did not realize how much talking we did, which I actually didn't hate. A lot of hate. extra segments, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wardlow, though, walks out, and this is the best promo he's ever done. Sounded natural, didn't give in to the what's, didn't ha- sound like Mercedes Monet being formulaic, talked shit on everyone, was like, oh, the best in the world. I broke his ass, and he still hasn't recovered. True. Better than you, I beat him, and Samoa Joe, I beat him too. And it's like, I will say it was the best as far as believability and it did sound real. I will say it didn't sound appealing if I can say that, right? Like, I don't know if it was a combination of his voice and like, or something, but like, like, even though, even though he's saying the right things. Yeah. You just don't like him. I don't know. I mean, also though, I don't think the timing on how he was saying what he was saying was always great. Right. Like, I think there's still polish to work on. Like, well, yeah, he's like, not—he's not Eddie but, Kingston for Christ. Yeah, sake. I mean, I don't yeah. like him. I mean, you don't yeah. like him either. But like, well, here's my was, biggest. Criticism. This was better than what he's produced prior to this. I will give you that. Yes. Yeah. Here's my biggest criticism of him, and it's—and look, I get it. If you got big muscles, you might think you got the biggest muscles. But my friend, in the next segment. We did the Bang Bang Scissor Gang, and 108-year-old Billy Gunn dwarfs you. So stop fucking saying you're the biggest and the you're, you're not. I can think of 10 guys right now in your own company. Heaven forbid you go to the other one, because then you're really going to look out of place, that are just dwarfing you. Powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, Billy Gunn. Satnam Singh, like I can go down a laundry list of like, you're not big, brother. Like you do swantons. You you're you have big traps, and that's about it. Okay. And I'm not trying to like body shame you. I'm just trying to say, stop fucking. It's not that impressive. It's not. Yeah. You're not your, that impressive. Your local bar bouncer person. big. You're not pro wrestler yes, big. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if you were working at the Whiskey Tango, I'd be like, that's a big motherfucker. You go to pro wrestling where we've seen the Lex Lugers and, you know, like I said, Billy Guns and, you know, all the other. Tony Nice, even though he's smaller, looks more physically impressive than you. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, yeah, it's the same thing. Stop if you went to. Shit local gymnasium and found the best fucking street baller we had right and then put him on an nba court he's gonna look tiny as fuck and small and short not know what he's doing and that's kind of how this feels yeah and so that that's my only main criticism is stop the i'm the biggest no you're not you could say you're the best looking right that's objective we can say but if powerhouse hobbs two segments later i can see he's fucking bigger than you you know what i mean like so stop that shit. That's the only thing I really have a criticism of him. 
of is just that yeah, fucking if anything, moniker. The name is Wardlow. Let's ratchet up a violence and an intensity instead of like a, a big and a smoothness, right? I did like his finishing line. Did you catch that? Where he goes, this is no longer press. Uh, he goes, this is no longer pro wrestling. This is war. I didn't hate that. I yeah. did not hate that. That was that was pretty yep. good. That's a that's a finisher. Yeah, that's if he, a one if he finally identified you're the target by saying this is war, like I can get behind that. Yes. He's Wardlow. Yeah. Yes, and then that's different than muscles. you make shirts. You can make fucking all the things. Yes, that is something I can get behind. But look at a big bicep. No, you fucking don't. You don't. Um, you don't. So anyhow, uh, he says that promo, and he goes, "I'm the best." Cool. Uh, then. I don't know. The Bang Bang Scissor Gang has a new combination for a trios match. Neat. Then Don Callis, over two, tries to explain this whole Takeshita and Will Ospreay match. Yeah, over two. I just they make contact with any of these. You <laughs> and it's Don Callis. You know what I mean? Like this guy doesn't suck at like coming up with things. Yeah, but there's no reason here. Again. I think it can work in the match if we just objectively make Don Callis so annoying, like he's hyping up everything they do when it's minor stuff, right? Like they're just running the ropes and he's like, oh my God, this like, and he's live on the mic, annoying everybody and they're booing the shit. And then somebody comes out and we cause a, you know what I mean? A new feud out of it. But if it ain't that, I don't know what this is. I don't want just an exhibition between these two heels even. It feels weird. Well, my guess, not to give away one of my picks, my guess is is that the Don Callis family is going to turn on Osprey and then we're going to get babyface Osprey, right? Yeah. Yeah, because now and they're so going to make Osprey a big star and he can't be buried in the... Yeah. And so yeah. let's just say that's the end result, right? In my opinion, this is what you would do. You would say Don Callis goes on the microphone whenever that was and says, hey, at Revolution, Chris Jericho's out. We need a match for Takeshita. Our new assignee is a member of the Don Callis family, Will Osprey. I don't trust that Will Ospreay will be taken care of here at AEW. So I'm going to take it upon myself. And I don't have any friends in this business, only my family. So in the first match, officially in AEW, it's going to be Will Ospreay versus Takeshita. Because heaven forbid, Will Ospreay gets injured by some of these degenerates like John Moxley and you know name some other people, right? Okay. Yeah, we know this will be square, fair yeah. competition on the exactly. up and up. Right. Right. And then what you could do, what I would do is on Rampage, on Collision, and on Dynamite, just have little things of like, don't we all agree that Takesha's dropkick's better than Osprey? Don't we all agree that Takesha has a better clothesline than Osprey? Look, Osprey's a great guy, but come on, it's Takesha. And look, I'm picking up Osprey. Love him. Don Calisano. Yeah, Osprey was a phenom. He was great. But Takeshita's that new, you know what I mean? Now, right. you know what I mean? Now he's cresting. Now he, yeah, he's yeah. present day. And just, but the future is Takeshita. Right. Yeah. And, but you just say little things. Not maybe that overt, mm. but just little things of like, well, hey, look, if Rock in a Hard Place, Takeshita's going to save my life before Will Ospreay. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, that's just how I feel, you know? And then, and then at the pay per view, they all fucking jump Ospreay. Oh, there you go. Big brain. Tim, I got yeah, a big now, fucking brain for pro wrestling. That's so easy to do. We have to stop inviting any new members into the Don Callis family, right? Because what are we three for three now on new members getting jumped out within weeks? Like, how, don't we keep doing this to folks? 
Well, Chris Jericho was different because I don't think he thought he was going to say yes, right? In storyline sure, yeah. mode, I don't think Don Callis. But we did this with like, the Sammy Guevara, right? Didn't well, we? fuck Sammy. Look, <laughs> you know, they keep talking about, you know, Ricky Starks is going to go to WWE when his contract's up. I don't want that to happen. But take Sammy Guevara. Fucking take him. I don't. Nothing. That guy is three-day-old milk to me. It was good at one point, but it ain't good now. I just... I don't know that it ever was, man. I like, Well, when he was Jericho when the sex gods, that was fun, and he was like Jericho's protege. Yeah, nothing he did ever really, I felt, was Well, yeah, but I'm saying he was good in it. proxy. Right, but yeah, he was exactly. good in yeah, proxy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he ain't good anymore. All but right, I feel so like he could have been replaced by many other folks without us skipping a beat in many of these things. You ain't lying. Uh, let's get to the main event. Here is Brian Cage, Swerve Strickland, and Samoa Joe. One of the we've always criticized WWE for this, so we have to do it for AEW. This is one of those rare times where it was like, why the fuck would they team together? Why? Yeah, they're gonna why? fight each other coming up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they they wouldn't do this, and they take on Hook, Rob Van Dam. You're making sense, and Hangman, who. I get because Hangman came out to save Hook when Samoa Joe was beating him up. So those pairings make sense. But Samoa Joe was Swerve Strickland and Brian Cage didn't make no fucking sense. None at all. And, and look, if you want Samoa Joe to be like the stands over everyone looking cool, just put in one of the Gates of Agony guys, Gates of Agony 1, Swerve, and Brian Cage, versus hook rob van dam hangman put samoa joe on commentary swerve bumps into him he takes the headset off i'm fucking running through everyone you know rear choke be the special guest referee for this match yeah yeah even that and just he could even do the the rocks because then it's mogul embassy that makes sense and it's hangman and a couple of friends that he found right his ragtag bunch of ne'er do wells yeah Yeah. Yeah. which they have all helped each other right so they are right Friends. Well, exactly, you and know, they are a bit of friends. the like they're. I don't want to say necessarily outcast, but they're also not the like they're the kind of the lone wolf kind of guys, right? They yes. don't run in groups and packs and stuff, so that makes right. Sense. Yeah, so we get some fun. They stuff would, you here. would catch all of them smoking weed out back behind the building. You know what I mean? Obviously, yeah, obviously, with all three different types of highs, right? Yeah. You know, and I'm saying like, Hook would, please invite me, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah, but Hook would just sit there staring, not merely saying much. Rob Van Dam would tell you about some conspiracy theory in 1961. And then Hangman would be demanding that someone get him a shot because this weed has a bad taste in his mouth. What the fuck is this shit? I like being high, but I hate going like, through Listen, this, guys, you know? like, I don't hate this, but like, I'd much rather you guys brought some beer with you. <laughs> yeah. Look, I can't give this to my horse. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the match I don't know, this stuff makes me so- anxious, and you know how I get when I get anxious. I'm paranoid. Yeah, let's just get Hangman's a paranoid high. That would be a good fun storyline to run Wouldn't through. Wouldn't hate that. Wouldn't Somebody keeps getting that. him high, and he's just like super paranoid. God damn it, why do I keep doing this? anxious millennial yeah. cowboy. Yeah, it would make sense. Uh, the match ends with Samoa Joe submitting RVD because someone had to take the pinfall submission loss, and RVD makes he's sense. 40-year-old dude. Now, here's the thing. I don't want to know if it's real or fake because, again, Fightful Select has to get the real word. Fuck you, assholes. But Hangman, at the end, is grabbing his ankle and is telling the camera guy, stop shooting me. He goes, stop shooting me. Stop shooting me. Stop it. Go away. 
And they're like, okay. And then they go back. He's like, stop, stop. And he's holding his ankle like he broke it. Now, Fightful Select, again, because of a suggested post, which I fucking hate, said that actually nothing was bad. He's just a good actor, which fucking don't ruin it. Yeah, don't, don't ruin, ruin it. it. Yeah, you could have you let assholes. us. Yeah, you could have let us play that out next week, but now nah. it's. I don't want to end this uh, podcast on such a negative note, but it's that wrestling fan that I can't stand. You yeah. know, actually, Daniel Garcia's dad lives in upstate New York. Uh, fuck you! It's his Stop stepfather it. who died. When yeah, it's his stepdad yeah. that died in 1998. <laughs> Christian Cage is in his fucking name. So why are we acting like facts matter? You assholes. God, it's so dumb. Hangman's hey, actually not hurt. Well, that fucking ruined it for me. Well, now, thanks, now, yeah, now next week when he's in a walking boot, I'm going to be like, well, yeah. is Adam Cole even hurt? <laughs> it's all well, fake. At least, at least now my brain hurts. So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm supposed to. So I'm supposed to treat Hangman that I know that it's not a real injury, but I should act like it's a real injury. But then Adam Cole is a real injury. But then I need to still treat it like it's a real injury. Like the fucking mental gymnastics you fucking lesser thans have to go through to make this fucking enjoyable for yourselves is just mind-numbingly stupid. Like I can't get. How you guys fucking think you're so cool to know the facts. <laughs> Guess what? Daniel Garcia and Adam Copeland were actually roommates in the 2000s. Shut the fuck up, idiots. Like, God, it's the right. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I do get what you're saying. And um, I agree with you. And so everything Thanks. we said earlier <laughs> about everything we said earlier about reaching out to us via using AE wrap up at gmail.com or hitting us up on the uh, threads, which you can find the link on all the wrap uh, pertains to you. Unless you're coming with shit like that, that Tom just no, said, then we don't I want, want you to, to. <laughs> look one of my okay. favorite moments in Spanish down table history was the debate of is pro wrestling a sport. I loved it. Pro wrestling. I know a sport some is people. Pro, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. I know mm-hmm. some people got really fucking mad. I love well, that's fine. So, but like, yeah. yeah, you don't need to tell us like, well, actually, Daniel Garcia's dad is dead or whatever. Like, I mean, you know, I feel free oh, yeah, to tell yeah. us, but you know, right? Yeah, right, it is right what yeah. it is. But, but if you want to debate me, brother or sister, bring it on. I love to be right, and the I best told story you, I think we ever brain. got was uh, opening the door to Rowdy Roddy Piper looking to buy some cocaine <laughs> from their dad. That was <laughs> the best. Then. The best that story. The and best. we've gotten some good road stories from wrestlers and stuff, but that might yeah. have taken the cake in the old Spanish yeah. table days. And here's another thing. So do all that stuff. Hit us up next week so we can talk about this next week, which it sounds like it'll just be me. It sounds like Tom will be out. I'm in New Orleans. Uh, get, your, get your picks in for Revolution. And mm-hmm. uh, to also uh, end on a on a, on a a fun, positive note, like, like hey. we shouldn't end with something, uh, something that will undoubtedly make everyone else smile like... Like it has made us smile so recently, uh, the last couple of weeks, is a reminder that the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. <laughs>